WBCA Radio is proud to present City Talk, where fascinating conversation is alive and well, with your host, Boston Radio veteran, Ken Meyer. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to City Talk here on WBCA Radio, part of the uh, internet and also part of the city of Boston. Uh, a lady who is sitting across from me uh, is Carolyn Fritz, and some of you radio historians may know her better uh, or remember her as Carolyn Murdoch, who used to work at WRKO and all kinds of places, and I'm sure has enough stories where I don't have to sit here and say <laughs> anything except talk. But Carolyn, first of all, it's, yes. it's good to have you here. Oh, thank you so much. It's so good to see you. And, and coming on such short notice, I called you two days ago. That's right. And you suddenly agree, and you agreed to do this. And I, I can't thank you enough for that. I, oh, I'm I happy really appreciate to. that. Now, as as everyone else, you are from Massachusetts. I am. I'm a Boston girl. From Boston itself, or the, uh, outside of Boston? Born in Boston and uh, raised south of Boston in Milton. Ah, good old Milton. And you're still yes. living in Milton. Well, uh, there was a good chunk of time where my husband and I lived in Boston, Hyde ah. Park, ah. Mayor Mayor Menino's. Uh, neighborhood yep. at the time, and he was our city councilor, and then, of course, he went on to be the most wonderful mayor. Yeah, he was a wonderful, wonderful he guy. He was a wonderful person. We loved him. Yep, he was a yes. good guy. He was he was always nice to me whenever I saw him. Mm -hmm. uh, couldn't have been nicer. Yes. Could not have been nicer. Great city councilor and, and uh, the best of mayors. Now, you were in radio. Yes. But what did you like to listen to on radio before you got into it? Probably uh, what all the other kids uh, listened to, uh, mostly music. Mm -hmm. I was I was not uh, at a young age into talk radio or uh, any of that. I enjoyed music and entertainment. Did you have any any favorite personalities that you liked I think in, in Boston? We we knew all of the personalities. Uh, because we had WBZ when it was a music format, mm -hmm. uh, AM, and uh, WMEX fifteen ten, and uh, triple play. Uh, yes, those were those were the uh, as I recall, you know, the big stations because uh, FM was not a thing. Where right, we, you and I are right. old we're enough to remember enough to when remember FM, that. Yeah. FM was not a thing. FM was for what what they would call long hairs. You know, <laughs> um, it, we didn't we didn't really have that. It hadn't really come on the scene yet. Well, I came to Boston in 1967 and can remember mm -hmm. names like uh, Mel Miller, Mel Miller, uh, Larry Justice, mm -hmm. Bud Blue, Bud Blue. Uh -huh. And I remember, uh, and of course, everybody knew Arnie Woo Woo Ginsburg Arnie Woo -woo from, Ginsburg, yep. from uh, WMEX. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Woo Woo with you, you. Yep. Yes. Good old Woo Woo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was a, he was a, a fixture. And I will and, ask you the same question that I asked Jordan Rich. What mm -hmm. made you decide to go to Curry College? I was a UMass Amherst student, and I needed uh, a few more courses to round out my uh, communications degree. And so I looked around and looked around, and of course I was from Milton, and Curry College is in Milton, and boy, was that ever uh, fortuitous. Uh, <laughs> because uh, that uh, I did find the courses I was looking for. Uh, Boston State College was uh, still in existence, and I needed... Uh, an English writing course, so I took a course there. That was great. And then I did my curry thing, which was great. It was right across town and uh, near the Blue Hills. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, was able to uh, take courses there, and that was my introduction to Roger Allen. And in the same classes, I met Jordan Rich, Ken Carberry, uh. and Dave Hemingway, uh, the three amigos, <laughs> three good, good Friends. And they all had uh, the radio bug. And, of course, Ken Carberry's dad owned uh, WROL, the Irish radio station, right. and uh, and other properties. So they were just a fun group, and we were all of like minds. <laughs> so when you when you went to Curry, mm -hmm. when you first went there, 
Yes. Was broadcasting in your in your horizon, as it were? In other words, I went to Graham College because it specialized in broadcasting. Mm-hmm. You went to Curry because you needed courses. But did you also go there with the idea in the back of your mind mm-hmm. that when I leave here, mm-hmm. I want to get into broadcasting? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. At that point, the, the bug uh, had definitely uh, bitten me. When I was at UMass Amherst, uh, when I first went there, uh, 18 years old, I was pretty naive and people were telling me, well, you should do this and you should do that. I initially went to school thinking I wanted to be a music major. And Ah. then um, I had an older sister who was already at UMass and her roommate said, well, you have to to take my major. My major is the best. And of course, you know, I just like (laughs) followed. What was I thinking? And that was communications disorders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, working with kids with speech impediments or hearing uh, issues and whatnot. And I was taking all these courses and I was hating them. I mean, it, it just the, the it was it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it was very noble. It was, a you know, speech therapy and all these things. Uh wonderful way to make a career. But that was not the career for me. And I said, just unfulfilled here. And one freezing cold morning, I walked across campus. And this was like, I was getting close to junior year. And I walked across campus and I walked into the mass communications office and said, I want to change my major. And they mm-hmm. said, yeah, OK, fine. And they handed me a piece of paper. And it said, uh, it's an old mimeograph thing. Uh, now, uh, what experience do you have in radio or TV or uh, film, or this, or that. And I didn't have anything, and I practically started to cry. And I said, I don't have any of these things. They said, it's okay. It's all right. You know, you can you can still jump in, see how you do, you know, mm-hmm. sink or swim. Um, I swam. <laughs> Obviously, you did I, very well at I, I swam, and I had some great professors. And I remember one of them saying, uh to a group of us, you know, some of you are really going to do well. You're really going to make careers out of this. You know, it's going to be, this is going to be a good thing. And I remember thinking, oh, I wish that were me. (laughs) And you know, out of like 20-something kids, uh, maybe more, there are three of us I know who actually went on and and succeeded. Mm -hmm. Well, I know two of you. You know? Uh, we we did it. Uh, oh, that wasn't Curry. That was that was UMass. Um, uh, when we got to Curry, when I got to Curry, uh, Roger Allen, as so many people will tell you, boy, when he got behind you, you know, as a professor or as a boss, he eventually did become my boss. Uh, he was the news director at WRKO for many years. Uh, boy, if he had faith in you, uh, it was a wonderful thing. It was a wonderful thing. And he he helped you out. He backed you up. He was encouraging. He was positive. Uh, and he also helped you, you know, not, not fall down the rabbit hole <laughs> because that would be easy. That would be easy. Boston, uh, I had worked at smaller stations and – he knew the pitfalls of a major market radio station mm-hmm. and uh, and the business and the industry. And uh, he was just a wonderful man. So, so give us the, the, uh, the progression, as mm-hmm. it were, from Curry, from what to what to eventually, uh, as they say, WRKO. Yeah, well, we, I started at <laughs> WLYN and Lynn oh, yeah. for practically minimum wage and six days a week or five and a half uh, Monday doing through news? Fr- doing news uh, and uh, stuff at the desk, oh. writing copy, jack of all trades, mm-hmm. you know, master of some or none. <laughs> and, uh, you know, everything from answering the phones to uh, copy. And I like to write. I, I enjoyed writing, you know, commercials for the local folk, which was the way it was done back in those days. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody would call up from the hardware store or the lady who ran a uh, gift shop or something and wanted 
to get on the air, and we would put together the commercial, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, a little musical bed or whatever, and you know that was that was kind of fun. Yeah, and we did that, and then of course news when uh, uh, when I was uh, uh, needed during the week, and uh, definitely news on Saturday mornings, mm-hmm. and. You know, that's kind of where you cut your, I cut my teeth. <laughs> and I lasted there about a year and a half. And then uh, – and that was that was a haul for me because I was south of Boston, Boston. <laughs> and uh, I had to, you know, cut through the city and uh, over the bridge and through went Lynn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I uh, did that six days a week. And after about a year and a half uh, – I was able to uh, get a news job at WJDA in Quincy, uh-huh, yes. and that was ten minutes away, and that was that was delightful. And I was there for a year, and from there, I was able to uh, make the jump into WRKO. But I did not go as a news person. I went in to do a split shift. Traffic reporting. Ah. And from there, I was able to work my way into news and do some substitute newscasts and prove my worth. Now, I remember names at WRKO mm-hmm. that I'm going to throw out to you. Yes. Names like John Masters. Oh, worked with John. Deb Roby. Yes. Deb Roby, I remember her. Mm-hmm. I remember Deb Daigle was there. Mm hmm. Who else am I missing? That uh, we, Bill Rossi. Yes, yes. In fact, the late Bill, Bill Rossi. Bill yes. Rossi uh, taught at Graham College. Yes. When I was teaching there, yes. And he was married to Hillary Stevens. Hillary Stevens. Yep. Who's uh, one of the very few. Uh, way back when, she was another one. She's kind of a trailblazer. Even in the late seventies, there were very, very, very few women. We just there. There were not very many of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, Deb Roby, uh, Hillary, uh, Diane Stern, yep. uh, Jeanette Kerr, who's a dear friend of mine, and uh, she's over at. Uh, she does fill in still. She's still on the air okay. uh, at WBUR, Boston University. Oh wow! Yep. Uh, but has a more fun job on the, elsewhere. She works for Audubon. Ah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we <laughs> we all evolve in, in different ways. But – and, you know, we women stuck together. Hmm. Um, you and I had talked about this before. Uh, women back in the day just – we did – there were very few of us. Right. You know, very, very few of us. And we didn't have all the protections back then that – Women have and enjoy, I would, for lack of a better term, uh, or expect. Right. Nowadays, maybe expect is a better word. Uh. But I would also say that in on one hand, it, it showed off your talent because I would also assume there was no affirmative action demanding that right. women be hired. Right. So you got hired strictly on your talent. I believe we all did. I believe we all did. Yes. Now, I, I know about the news people. What was the mm-hmm. lineup at RKO when you were there? Oh, lordy. <laughs> um, I, you know. Uh, was, was Dick Syatt maybe? Uh, Harry Sobel? I don't I know. Don't I'm know just Harry throwing Sobel. out names that I remember. There were Well, I started with Mike Adams. Ah, good old Mike, uh, And yes. he's wonderful. What a nice man Mike Adams uh, to this day. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to get him in here. And – uh, Scott Burns was another guy who was. I'm remembering Scott all the ones I Burns. liked. I like a lot. He yeah, and he went back home to the West Coast. He was, um, he's he's a he was an Idaho boy, Moscow, Idaho. Although a lot of the guys who were uh, DJs were jocks were Southern. Mm-hmm. Many many Southerners. Um, I don't remember all of that lineup. I do remember. That, uh, you, you know, the changeover, I was at RKO when it went from music to talk. Uh, to talk. I remember it too. And I remember the last guy yes. who played a song on mm-hmm. WRKO was Justin Clark. Okay. Is I remember that. I remember the name. Yep. Uh, and then we switched over. 
And we became, you know, pretty much news talk, but you know, essentially talk. And one of the great things about that time for me was uh, evenings. And uh, I was I was put on evenings by a boss who was not would leave his name out of it, but it was sort of like I'm putting you on evenings because nobody else wants evenings. Uh, and but but you know what a job was a job and pay was pay and yep. and and that was that. Well, here's here is as my late grandmother used to say, here's the beauty pat. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. It was my opportunity to be the newswoman for. David Brugnoy, ah, who was just the most wonderful, just about the most wonderful person I ever worked with. His shows were brilliant. He was brilliant. It was just a, a great, it was just a great, great thing. And one of his producers was um, John from Channel 4, who's I'm picturing David <laughs> Brugnoy now. Keller. John Keller from Channel 4. Yes, and so and we all we all were good friends and had a had a lovely group at night. I really enjoyed that. Now, if I if I remember my history right, the the Monday that you switched over mm-hmm. was the same day that a fellow named John Hinckley decided to make his entrance into the news. Yes, yes, with uh, President Reagan. Right. All, all we remember was alarms going off and ding, 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 and craziness. <laughs> it was just, you know, it was one of those days. It was like when the Challenger, uh, way back in the 80s, when the Challenger uh, blew up, taking off. Uh, and Rod, my husband, Rod, who, you know, Rod Fritz, who's yep. been on the air since, you know, God. forever, since Hector was a pup. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, he and I, we called each other and said, well, we'll, I'll see you when I see you. (laughs) You know, he was at one station. I was at another station. When you get those days, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, when I was not on the air, like 9-11 or this or that or uh, the the marathon bombings, it's like, I'll I'll see you when I see you. (laughs) You know, because uh, those things just, you know, they take on a life of their own. They they overtake you. you know that's that's just how it goes. <laughs> well, I, I I remember that night because we were on the air, of course, and I had to monitor your station as well as listen to ours. Oh, because our program director was very paranoid and said, "You got to find out what they're doing." Oh yeah, my goodness! Okay, so I had to listen to WRKO that night at the same time, oh. listening to to our station mm-hmm. and and trying to produce something for us on the air at the same time. Yeah. So I really earned my money that night. Yes, 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 yeah. Did you go home like I did and drink a better part of a bottle of wine? No, I just went oh. home. <laughs> I just went home and went to bed and said, thank God the day is over. Oh, my God. I just had to unwind. I can, uh, I can yeah, well, that was the best way to do it for me. I just, yeah. I, I just had to do it. Yeah. One of the things that Jordan and I talked about was the adrenaline Mm-hmm. that can go through you after you think you've had a hard day or you're going to have a hard day and it's like, right. God, do I want to be here? And then right. all of a sudden you walk in and bingo, mm-hmm. you're on the air and yes. you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, it's it's one of those things I think, well, where do I start? What do I do? Yep. I remember uh, a network calling me uh, oh God, I was the designated picker-upper on that phone, <laughs> and uh, they said, "Oh, it's the network calling from New York, and they 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 want to you know know what's going on here with the weather." I think we had a hurricane or something, and it was probably a hurricane. And I'm thinking, it's another hurricane. You know, what do I say? What do I do? Am I going to make an idiot out of myself? You know, talking to the <laughs> network, and you know, those things flash through your mind. And you know, that guy on the other end of the line in New York was great. He was just like, "Hey, Carolyn." How's it going? <laughs> hey, we have a hurricane going here. And he said, all right, well, listen, what's going on? <laughs> and, you know, three words and boom, I just took it from there. It's like, you know, I, I, what's the sky look like? You know, dee 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 what preparations have we made? You know, mm-hmm. a storm is a storm, but you can talk about it. And, and uh, yes, you do get that adrenaline rush. It's like, you know, here we go. Yep. And... Uh, you just you have this desire to tell people what you know 
you know, what the what the station knows, with whom you've been in contact. Um, you know, on a, say it's a weather-related thing. That's what I'm picturing in my head right now. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you talk to people at, uh, uh, you know, MEMA or, or this or that or what the governor has said and who has the power outages and we just talked with, you know, whatever the equivalent was back then, uh, you know, for uh, National Grid or Eversource. <laughs> yep. They've gone through a thousand names, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, changes like that. And, and those are exciting things and you feel like you're helping and you're making a good difference. Yeah, but isn't it great to know you're on a network? It's kind of cool. There's a yeah. There's an extra yeah uh, zing like wow. I'm on CBS Radio or yeah. I'm yeah. on NBC or something like that. Yeah, and, and you know, and and that's uh, like with with Rod too. Um, he, he, you know, we've talked about that, but just, you know, to talk about him for a little. Oh, he, sure. He's, he's, Rod has, Rod Fritz has worked in more, um, uh, well, he's certainly done formats, but he has done um, network news. He's, uh, he did Fox News in New York radio, and that's cool. The flip of a switch, he's on 660 stations nationwide. Um, <laughs> he's done BZ for a long time. He's done small-time radio. He's done big-time radio. He has done uh, – he did uh, Christian Science Monitor. He did Shortwave. He was he was a big hit over in the Slavic countries. <laughs> um, he's, he's done – all, you know all these these different uh, uh, different radio stations and formats and and levels mm-hmm. of radio and uh, he's he's had people who've gone on to do great things in radio and he can say that guy was my intern <laughs> yep. you know yep. I remember helping train that kid he's not a kid anymore now he's you know he's in New York making yep. monster money or whatever uh, and he's proud of them it must have been a sad day however when RKO decided no more local news people in the studio anymore and yes. it's going to be Fox News yeah yeah um, it, radio when it's good, it's very good, and when it's bad, it's hard. Um, it, my husband and I have had to live with an awful lot, more than we would ever like to, uh, employment and unemployment. I was going to get into that. Unemployment. Yeah. Uh, very difficult yep. and a resourceful, wonderful person that he is. He has always been able to come up with something to do and and a, 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 a place to work. Uh, and keep a keep a roof over our heads, and uh, keep the lights on. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, it has not always been easy. People probably think, oh, I, you know, you're in radio and you're making tons of money. Well, <laughs> yeah. that'd be a no. Yeah. Um, for uh, lots of us, yep. for lots of us, it's it's a great business, but it can be a very cruel business. And I can you know think of a good few instances where Rod has come home. And said, I'm out of work. Yeah. What? What do you mean? You know, and uh, he was at RKO. And then the next thing you know, he's home because the owners of RKO at the time wanted to put that money elsewhere. I can remember talking to him about doing a feature on a friend of mine who worked at uh, an assistive living center in Charlestown. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'll be happy to do it, you know, based mm-hmm. on what you tell me and all this stuff. And then he calls me and says, I can't do it because RKO ain't going to be doing this stuff anymore. Right. And uh, I'm sure, uh, I, and I, if I'm not mistaken, Emily Rooney did something on a Friday night on mm. Channel 2 about it. There you go. Somebody else picked up on it. Yeah, somebody else picked up yeah, on it. Well, it's good that the story got out there. There you are know. so many stories now, um, all, uh, every newscast mm-hmm. about Sexual harassment. Yes, uh, story just broke about the uh, about on, on Beacon Hill here mm-hmm. in Boston. Yes, about the former director of the Metropolitan Opera. Um, if you mm-hmm. can do it without naming names, unless you want to, mm-hmm. did anything like that happen at RKO? Yes, I think every, I think whether it's radio or not, every woman 
has a story or stories and of of varying degrees um and yes and yes it happened to me and i know it happened to other women and no i won't name names cuz i don't think it 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 would serve any purpose i can understand um, that uh, yeah uh and you know those folks are still out there a lot of them are retired and uh, i will tell you this in every instance you know whether it happened to me uh, and I fended it off. Um, it was a- exactly what you hear people saying now. It was, it, long story short, it's case power yep. and insecurity. And I think one of the interesting things from a female viewpoint in radio and also in television, uh, at least with some of these men uh, that I had to, uh, that I worked with, uh, who, with whom I worked. It was insecurity, and you would hear uh, when they would talk. It, it, it was almost like they were telling you that they they didn't feel like they had a manly job. You know, they weren't driving. You know, a backhoe <laughs> yeah. or or long haul trucking or you know making a big difference. You know, in the in some other industry. Uh, it was almost like they felt wussy about what they were doing for a living and they didn't have a sense of of worth. And I heard this more than I cared to. And I remember talking to my sisters about it. I remember talking to my dad about it. And I was saying, you know, what goes on? He goes, well, maybe they need to find another job. They don't feel that this is fulfilling enough or they, they just, you know, they obviously don't feel like it's manly enough. And I think sometimes that uh, that brings forth power issues with people, insecure that they were moving too fast in the industry or moving up the ladder too fast, making making a lot of money and people expecting them to, you know, think big thoughts and make big changes and have big ideas. And they didn't. Were you afraid to go to work when something like that would happen? No. somebody made overtures to you? Uh, no. I think I might have been a little more nervous around that person in question. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say that uh, m- most of the people with whom I worked were good and decent people. Mm-hmm. There were nice men and women, for instance, at at uh, at RKO and uh, ROR. A lot of good people, and, uh, and and in the other stations I worked at as well, they, they were good people. But you know, it only takes one. Yeah. And if that person is a person who's uh, you know in power or has any kind of say, <laughs> and you know, and at the time, you know, it was uh, who were they owned by? General Tire, I guess. I think back so. Then. Yes. RKO General. Yep. And it was uh, us and TV. Uh, so, you know, it was a pretty big outfit and it had, you know, pretty good amount of clout. Um, and there there were there were good people. But as you and I just mentioned, th- there was no safety net or anything for women. You, um, It was different. Uh, even when I was working at uh, – I moved over from AM to FM and I worked at WROR doing news. And, uh, and that's how I met Rod. I was co-anchoring with Rod. And uh, he eventually moved on to work elsewhere. And yeah, uh, I met him at EEI. Yeah, I was there by myself. And, uh, you know, I was I was let go for a very, very petty reason. And basically, they just wanted to let me go so they could bring somebody else in. And you got used to that. Roger Allen, again, my mentor, who said, uh the guy that just got fired, you know, the jock or, you know, the DJ or whoever, he's going to get down the front elevator and the replacement's coming up in the back elevator. <laughs> and, get, you know, and we were all shocked. And I was, you know, like in my 20s and going, whoa, this business is getting rougher than I thought. And I remember him saying to me, and you will say nothing. I said, what? And he goes, nothing. Um you just, you know, when the new guy gets introduced, shake his hand, smile, and welcome him. And I went, okay. <laughs> and he said, and you don't comment to anybody else. 
<laughs> about anything. He was dead, you know. He was great. Mm-hmm. And he said, because you know what? There are some creepy people who are actually going to see if you say anything bad. Mm-hmm. There are those people there are those people who'll be looking to see, you know, where you stand. Uh just mind your business. I remember It was the- great advice. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, I was at BZ and I had only been there five years, and they let Jerry Williams go. Mm-hmm. I could not believe it. I mm-hmm. just could not believe that that was happening. To this day, I will always wonder why they did it, because Jerry's ratings were good. His show was sold out every night, mm-hmm. and and they let him go. Oh, okay. So no, there was no explanation. Not to us. <laughs> Underlings, you don't get an explanation. No, we don't get an explanation, but no. I, I'll, I'll never forget it. And then, of course, he went to WRKO eventually mm-hmm. and was great from 2 to 6 in the afternoon mm-hmm. well, along with Gene, the Dean and Gene, Dean, uh, Gene Burns and, and Jerry Williams. Gene Burns. I haven't heard that name in a long time. <laughs> wow. That goes back. Yep. There was a man who knew how to use the English language. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan and I were talking about that, and I said to him, you know what? He could do a monologue on licking a postage stamp and, and make you feel like you learned something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I adore, <laughs> I love anyone who is a master of the English language. There you go. And Gene Burns was it. So when you got, yes. when you got let go by RKO, mm-hmm. did you just say, that's it? I'm going to concentrate on Rod Fritz and... Having kids and or did you try other places and not get hired? I ended up going over to WCOZ. Oh, Was that yeah. when I went to COZ for a little while? You know, I, I'm terrible about remembering my <laughs> own history. I said to Rod, you're going to sit down and write out all the places you worked <laughs> and the dates. I said, because I just can't remember. You know, you were here, you were there, you were in work, you were out of work, you were doing this, you were doing – and especially then once we had children, I had no sense of <laughs> – <laughs> I, you know, that's it. They just – they they overtake your lives as they're supposed to and I, I just – I don't remember, <laughs> you know. And uh, I will tell you uh, uh, one place that really, really saved our tales, ESPN. Oh, no kidding. Yes. When ESPN was fledgling and Rod needed work and his buddy, here's another blast from the past because Rod worked with him, Dan Davis. Davis, yes. At, uh, who's the nicest guy. Yes, I've met him. He worked at RKO. He and he worked at HDH with Rod uh, way back in the day. And uh, that that whole crew and Jess Kane and Pudge yep. Flynn yep. and the engineer, uh, yeah, and Emery Rowan, yep. Uh, and Dan was the sports guy, and Dan had been out of work. Rod was out of work, and they both ended up down at ESPN, just outside of Hartford, and ESPN was fledgling. They had three buildings. <laughs> And thought that was a lot. And I think now they've got, I don't know, somewhere between 13 and 18 or something like that. And they he, he did the radio side, not the TV side. Mm-hmm. He and Dan did radio. Dan stayed, moved his family down there, and uh, retired. But Rod, uh, you know, got back to Boston. He worked in yep. Pennsylvania here. And they, like I said, it's just, it's crazy. We're all over the map. And then... Uh, they told him, ESPN said, you know, you you just latched on to such and such a job, uh, and that's great, and we wish you well. And by the way, if it doesn't work, come on back. <laughs> and I said, well, that's the first time that's happened, yeah. uh, you know, where, the, you know, you get you have a soft landing, yeah, exactly. hopefully, uh, if the other thing doesn't work out. But again, that was, that was a place that uh, uh, saved us for a while. I I've really enjoyed Dan Davis's work, and I also remember yes. he did play by play for Boston College. Oh no, kidding! I didn't know that. And and he did, if you remember the the great hail mary pass that 
Uh, Doug Phelan Flutie. talked to Doug Flutie. Yeah. He broadcast that. Oh, no. I didn't know that. Yep. I, I've oh. heard recordings of it from time to time. So I know Dan <laughs> Davis very well. He, I met him a couple of times. He was very nice to me. And Lovely he, man. He's one of the, one of the good guys. And, and you always know when the Patriots game has started because Rod's phone will be going blink, blink, blink. And I'll say, is that Dan? Is is that Dan texting you? He goes, "Oh yeah." <laughs> Dan and I text back and forth. He just he's just going crazy because he doesn't have a microphone in front. <laughs> oh my god. He's got to talk to somebody Mike. and he's back and forth with with Rod and, and anybody else. I mean, it's a it's a whole group chat whether it's, you know, it's the Pats or it's the Red, <laughs> it's Sox, the Red Sox, that's right. Or whatever. Yeah, it goes on. The other nice thing about the radio business is you never grow old in it. That you know, you can uh, you're not seen on television. <laughs> well, I know. I'm you, talking you, radio, not yeah, television. Right, right. Yes, you can uh, stay, you know, fairly young. And you can still apply a lot of those skills that you have. Mm-hmm. Of course, I think I would be terribly intimidated by all the technology uh, that you'd have to really catch up on. You know, I go back to the days of when we did news where you had the giant, giant tape decks mm-hmm. and razor blades uh-huh. and uh, AP and UPI ticker machines. Yep. Tick, 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 tick. Yep. And changing the ink rolls and, and uh, uh, all, of, all of those things. And, you know, you had to wait for the news to go tap, 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 tap to come out. You know, I remember standing over the machine going, come on, I got 20 seconds, spit it out, <laughs> you know, before you would run into the booth. Uh, and you might not have anybody there necessarily to hand the thing to you. And now everything is computerized and news boss and all these things that they have. And uh, Rod said, that's the biggest thing for anybody new coming in, for instance, to BZ or uh, or wherever, is that you just you have to learn that board in front of you. Mm-hmm. And you have to learn how to bring things up and cue things up and where to put things, whether you're an editor or a writer or a producer, uh, BZ still has a an impressive staff mm-hmm. of people mm-hmm. uh, who do a lot of those things for them, which is really really cool. I think you know the all of CBS sold off its entire radio division, as you know. Yes, and the split up went this way and that way to all these. You know these these different owners, iHeartMedia and Beasley and Entercom, and and you know it's a, and it's a it's a big jumble. Uh, one nice thing, for what it's worth, mm-hmm. is that everybody jumped up and worried about BZ, who enjoys listening to radio and who would bother to go online and make a comment, to say BZ is a powerhouse. Yep. It it it's a powerhouse. It's heard in thirty eight states. Um, it has an incredible group of people who really know their stuff. They're great writers. They're uh, they're great announcers. They're great interviewers. Uh, they they put together fabulous pieces. They work hand in hand, or have worked hand in hand. Uh, that's going to end, unfortunately, with the TV people. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just they're great. Uh, election nights, whatever it is, whether it's you know. Boston or it's a state or whether it's a presidential election. Rod has gone year after year after year. Yeah, I'm on I'm working election night. <laughs> and he and his other buds who do this, um they can do it in their sleep. Mm-hmm. They can do, they they just know what they're doing and and how to do it. And <laughs> He's so good at it. Oh, that nobody the, will deny that. <laughs> that He's the, the best. Night, <laughs> He's the best. The, it could have only been better if he had a martini on the table. <laughs> but, um, you know, they don't allow that at work. Um, really? Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, but they brought in pizza and food and coffee and all that good stuff. But uh, he basically, uh, they had him looking, he said, uh, or he had himself looking at specific states. And so when things were in this last presidential election coming down the home stretch, he said, Trump's going to win. And they all went, oh, what? <laughs> you know, and he, and he called it. And he goes, 
and I'm no genius. <laughs> he said, I just been doing this for the longest time. <laughs> you know, he knows he, he's just one of those people. He's got a Rolodex like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> yeah, I, I know the feeling. Yep. But, you know, when I came to Boston, uh-huh. I came to Boston in 1967. Wow. You had WEEI, yes. WRKO, yes. WHDH, yeah. WBZ, mm-hmm. and I think WMEX. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They all had local news people working for them. Right. HDH had people like Vin Maloney. Yes. Um, EEI had... Uh, Len Lawrence, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, different people uh, doing news. Mm-hmm. They would do news till nine in the morning. Then they would do talk and come back with the PM report at four thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, and all that is gone. Right. I think that's very sad. It is very sad. When we were um, uh, back in the day, uh, we were very competitive with each other, mm-hmm. very competitive with each other on on scooping up stories and who did it best. And, uh, uh, you know, when I was not in the studio as an anchor, I was being sent out as a reporter. And uh, I hated reporting. I, I did, you know, people had their uh, their likes and dislikes. I much preferred to be an anchor. There are those people who hated being cooped up in the station. I think of one person, he didn't work with me. He was at HDH, Steve Sprasha. Oh, yeah. Steve is yep. a great guy. Yep, I knew and, Steve. Yeah, and uh, Steve was one of those people, if you put him in the studio, he was just like right <laughs> out of his mind. He said, no, the streets where the action is are going to be out there. I have to be out there. Steve loved being out there. And there were those guys who liked being out there. They loved going up to... Um, uh, New Hampshire? Uh, anywhere. 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 Whether you were walking up the State House or you were covering something at, um, uh, you know, City Hall, all the way back to the days I remember of Mayor White. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they, they just, you know, if there was a fire, uh, something going on, a demonstration, boom, they're out there. Yep. And they were like, this is, this is what gets me going. And they loved to... Uh, you know, drop a dime and or this or that. They knew how to take apart. A, they knew how to take apart a telephone and hook up their equipment and send sound down the line. I hated all that stuff. <laughs> I that was not my thing, and I loved to take their reports in. They knew I always wanted to. You know, I'm happy to get what you got. I'm rolling, and then I could incorporate it into what I had. But it was sort of like I had all the ingredients for my recipe right on my desk in front of me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't running, searching for phones and mad dashing and jumping on subways and things like that. I had no <laughs> I had no interest in that. <laughs> they loved it. But that was what was, you know, floating their boat. And, and, and they were great at it. Yeah. You know, people like Steve, uh, they're wonderful. I forgot all about him. I wonder yeah. what he's, he married. He was married to Susan Rist. Yes, I think they still are, and I think they're um, Carolinas. Maybe I don't know. That's a guess. All these names, yes, involving sexual harassment. George Bush, God forgive me, Bill O'Reilly. Yeah. Um, they, they for some reason didn't bother me, but when the story broke about Matt Lauer, I just. Uh, that is still very hard for me to accept. Oh. I'm, I'm wondering. Not I. What you <laughs> really? No. I must be Not naive. No. Well, no, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I, I I wouldn't say you're naive, uh, but uh, I I cannot believe uh, these people uh, like Matt Lauer and Charlie Rose with. People doing the wide-eyed follow-up saying, never saw it coming. I don't believe it. I don't believe it at all. Interesting. No. I don't believe it. People knew about Matt Lauer. Uh, They they knew. They knew. And if they're telling you they didn't know, they knew. (laughs) And they knew about Charlie Rose and there were a lot of people who said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And and again, you know, I may not be – I may not be an active – uh, reporter or anchor now, but I read the news voraciously every day, yep. and I look at all the stories on the internet. And as we all know, the internet is a dangerous thing because of so-called fake news or news that has not been vetted and checked out properly. And you'll still see in other places uh, 
reputable places like Variety magazine saying, well, you know, with Matt Lauer, they really made a big, quick, fast study in the past 36 hours. And then you get a story from Variety or some other place. That's a publication been around forever. Yep. And it says, you know, they've been looking at this for two months. You know, so the stuff is stuff has been brewing for a long time, and people have known these things for a long time. So if anybody says, "Wow, this just like popped out of nowhere in the past thirty six hours," don't buy it. When it's I was not true. when I was in radio, there and even be, long before I was in radio, there used to be a saying that was, "Radio is king." Hmm. Is that is does that still apply even today with all the television that's going on and and all the news that's that, that's on TV is is radio still king? I was wondering, uh, Rod and I talk about this a lot too. You know, uh, what's going to happen to it? You do hear people who say, you know, eh, it's dying and it's this and it's that. Tell that to anybody in the music industry who needs. Uh, if, especially an entertainment format to get their records out. Tell that to Billboard magazine. Tell that to tell that to anybody who wants to push their brand, their celebrity, their talent. I I I still think it's king in in many many ways. Whether it's uh, uh, the you know your regular radio in the, in the car or on your shelf or whether it's uh, Sirius XM, uh, which I love by the way. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I have it. I have it myself. Yeah, <laughs> love it. No question. Um, yeah, yeah. Rod and I have a great time with it. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the more buttons he can push, the happier he is. You know. Oh, look! Look what I found. It's you know. It's it's all Garth all the time. I went. Oh, whoopee! This yeah. is going to be a great ride. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, geez. You know. I no. I really do think that. Um, it's it's still very much needed, it, very much needed, um, because it's it's um, it's giving you instant information, and more people than I expected, especially since the hubbub of uh, the sale of all the CBS radio stations. I'm hearing more and more people who say they do in fact listen to BZ mm -hmm. in Boston, mm -hmm. and I found that to be very encouraging. Mm -hmm. And I think do you I don't know different parts of the country radio is hotter than other places. Yeah, well, I'm sure it's, it's it, I th I'm sure it's hot in cities like here in New York and mm -hmm. Chicago and Los Angeles mm -hmm. because I'm and there are now that's an interesting question because New York has at least two radio stations. I know Los Angeles does and I know Chicago does. Can Boston use another radio sta a news station? Oh, I think it could. Um, I I think it it could. Will it happen? Yeah, I it's, don't it's think so. It's not a cheap format. Uh, it's it's the it's an expensive format because it requires uh, a lot of people. I, somebody I remember very naively said, "Well, you don't need radio on this and that, or, you know, blah, 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 you know." And that's this is why newspapers are dying, you know, because of the internet. And it's and I <laughs> I remember saying. News stories that you read on the internet, how did they get there? Yeah. Oh, you still need people. Mm -hmm. You still need reporters. Right. You still need interviewers. You still need researchers. You still need humans. You, someone has to be looking at this. It doesn't run itself. Right. You still need people in journalism uh, and people who are willing to uh, – Take an interest or dig, uh, and and get out there and put stories together, you know. And there are great stories, uh, whether it's it, it, you know, the Herald or the Globe or or you know whether I'm even online and I'm looking at the Dorchester Reporter, <laughs> which is such a cool publication, mm -hmm. you know. It, that's fun. Mm -hmm. That there are there are people out there bothering to get some details. There are, there are many things that I enjoy about about all this technology today. There are some that I don't. I mean, I don't. Mm. I you know, when you're right next to somebody at work and they have to send you an email, <laughs> you know that I that I don't particularly like. But yeah. I but I do enjoy being able to have an iPhone and listen to WTOP in Washington or. Yes. 
uh, Vince Scully out of Los Angeles, California, or or uh-huh. s- some ball game out of Chicago. Oh, nice. Or New York. I I really get a kick out of that. Sure. And, and we're in interesting times, I think, as far as that kind of thing is concerned. Yes. Yes. Um, I think so too. Where you know you, the internet gives you an an another venue. It's another, another way. It's another vehicle, and it's it's faster. My mom, God love her, is ninety two, and uh, lives right next door to me. So I'm pretty much that's that's my job nowadays. Ken, as I'm mm-hmm. I'm her caregiver, uh, and. Uh, and she's doing remarkably well, thank goodness. And she refers to my iPhone 7 as your machine. <laughs> your machine. And she's very aware of what goes on uh, uh, in the world. And she loves to watch CNN mm-hmm. and Fox and uh, ABC and CBS and whatever. Uh, she stays in tune. She's a voracious reader, too, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has a very sharp mind. And... Uh, <laughs> she will say to me, now, they just had a guest on who starred in this movie, da-da-da-da-da, and I can't remember. She goes, you know, I'm 92. <laughs> stuff comes and stuff <laughs> goes. Yep. You know, she says, I can remember the old stuff, but I just, you know, she was just sitting there three minutes ago, and I can't think of her name. <laughs> and so she said, do you have your machine? And I say, yes, I got my machine right here in my pocket. And we'll look things up on the iPhone. I Google all kinds of things for her. I check the weather, this and that. And so it, it is a great vehicle. And she said, we don't have to go downstairs and turn on the computer. Yeah. I said, you know, the PC. I said, that's right. I can get it right here on the phone now. <laughs> you know, and like you say, you can listen to T.O.P. Yep. Um or you catch the ball game. Yep. It's uh, you have all these wonderful <laughs> oh, <laughs> ways yeah. ways to do things, and my kids do like a hundred times more than I do. Is how do you do that? Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. This is how you deposit your checks now, Mom. Yeah, exactly. This is how you do this. <laughs> Here's how you do that. Here's how you look it up. You know. Exactly. We'll GPS you there. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. It is a delight Aww. to be able to sit down and talk with you and enjoy your insights and your witticisms. Uh, Rod Fritz is a very lucky man. Oh, well, I'm a lucky girl. And and we are very lucky to have had you here. Oh, you're very kind to say that. I, again, I, I can't thank you enough for doing this. Oh, thank you for asking me. You were so kind. You have been absolutely wonderful. I hope our audience has enjoyed this as much as I have. Oh, Carolyn Fritz Murdoch has been That's our right. guest <laughs> on City Talk, and we'll be back again with another edition soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to another great conversation with Ken Meyer and friends. You can contact Ken by email. The address is kjmeyer7 at gmail.com. That's kjmeyer7 at gmail.com. Tune in next time for more conversation with Ken Meyer on City Talk.